Are you ready for an open discussion with the best of the best and the best of what's next? Welcome to the Tony D'Urso Show. Join in on a great conversation today with some of the world's great influencers as they showcase great advice and techniques that made them the game changers they are today. Now, here's Tony D'Urso. Welcome, I'm your host, Tony D'Urso. We interview world-class influencers, celebrities, and elite entrepreneurs, and I thank you for joining us. We broadcast every Friday at 1 p.m. on Voice America's Influencers Channel. And you can listen to all our shows on your Android or Apple device. Go to TonyDurso.com slash mobile and get the app. TonyDurso.com slash mobile. And today's show is with Dr. Eric Cole and Sulaime Gowani. All right, here's some info on Dr. Cole. Eric is an industry-recognized security expert with over 20 years of hands-on experience in consulting, training, and public speaking. He's the author of several books, including his newest, Online Danger, How to Protect Yourself and Your Loved Ones from the Evil Side of the Internet. All right, welcome to the show, Eric. Pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. My pleasure. And the honor is mine. I love what you do. I've seen some of your videos. I've watched a lot of your news commentaries and so forth. And I cannot stress this enough to the world. We need you, Eric. I tell you, I'm on a mission. Sometimes it's a hard mission, but I'm on a mission to make cyberspace a safe place to live, work, and raise a family. And I know together we can make that a reality. I don't know about everybody. You know, I don't know what percentage of people have been hacked. You're probably going to tell us that. But I was hacked years back. It was one of the worst times of my life. Absolutely hated it. So it can happen and it does happen no matter how well you think you're protected. So I am serious. We really need to get this message out to the world. But before we go into tips and tell the audience how to be cyber safe, Eric, I want to go all the way back, take it from the top. I'd love to know, how did it all start for you? What's your backstory? It's a fun story, my friend. And I I will tell you, one of the things I push to my kids and when I talk to high school students is it's amazing how coincidences, little things in your life can basically shape your future. So I love and was fascinated with how things were built. I'm still amazed when I look at a bridge and say, how in the world does that stay together? And you look at a building in New York City and say, how does that stand? So I wanted to major in architect since I was very little. And when I was about 17, a friend of the family, now remember this is in the mid-80s, said, hey, Eric, everything is going to computers. The future will be based on computers. So instead of majoring in architecture, why don't you major in computer science and then you can do anything you want. If you know computers, if you know how to program, you can program applications for buildings or anything you want. So I said, okay, that sounds like pretty good advice. I like math. I like science. So I enrolled in computer science at New York Tech. And after about a year, because remember, this, this was still early stage computer science programs, a lot of engineering, Fortran, right? Some people might remember good old Fortran programming language, a lot of physics. And after about a year, I said, you know something, I don't know what a computer scientist really does and whether I want to do that for a living. So I went down to the co-op office at my school and said, hey, can you get me an intern? Can you get me some real world experience so I can see what this is like? And the lady looked at me and said, Eric, of course, but we need you to do us a favor. In three days, the CIA is recruiting on campus and we don't have enough applicants. We promised them 20 students and we're a little short. 
we don't have time to prep you, so you're not really going to do well or anything like that, but just can you show up and be a body and help us out, and then we'll meet next week and prep you and, and figure everything out for you. Like, of course, always about helping people out. So I show up for the interview. Sometimes the best way is to be dumb and naive because you don't really know what you're getting into. So I just show up and I go into the interview and do my thing. And at the end, the gentleman from the CIA hands me this big envelope and says, we'd like you to fill out an application. I just assumed that was normal. So I walk out with this envelope and all their faces are like, how did you do that? I'm like, how did I do what? They're like, you actually got to the next level. I mean, you, you did good. We weren't expecting that because we didn't prep you. So it was cool because this was before all of these genealogy programs on the internet and everything else. And you have to go back four generations. So me and my parents spent many, many evenings, a great bonding experience. I still remember with my mom and dad tracing back our history and our great, 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 great grandparents and, and getting the application filled out and ready to go. And after a month or two, I sent it in. And basically when you send it in, you get a little letter that says, forget this ever happened. You're probably never going to hear from us again. Uh, just go on with your life. We'll call you. Don't call us. So, so I go back to the co-op office and they set me up with an intern at Grumman Aerospace, where I did cybersecurity work for the radar system for the F-14 fighter jet and got to play in real world simulators and sat in the cockpit of the airplane. So super cool stuff. And I basically forgot about the CIA. And then a year later, I get a call that says, hey, we want to fly you down to D.C. for a couple of days to go through the interview process. So once again, fly down, go through all the checks, the polys, all that great stuff. And they finish it with once again, yeah, 1% make it. So you'll probably never hear from us again. Don't call us, we'll call you. And so you go back to school and continue. And a few months later, they call me saying, hey, we'd like to offer you a full intern. You passed everything. Now, the interesting thing is that the CIA interns are free resources. So once you get your clearances and once you're all set and approved, all the offices fight for you. So now it's a reverse interview. Now they fly me down, but all of the offices are trying to convince me that I should go work for them. And I worked for the network operation. I did an interview with the network operations center, with the operating system division, all these different groups. And I still remember my college professor going, Eric, networking is the future. You should go with the networking group. And I said, but, but there was this group that did security. And he goes, oh, Eric, cybersecurity is a fad. You'll never be able to make a career. You'll never be able to make a living. In a few years, everything's going to be secure, so you shouldn't do that. Now, now you can clearly see that I don't follow direction very well. I, I'm the type <laughs> of person that you tell me not to do it. I'm going to do it. So, so that was really, I love the security stuff, but that was probably all, all I needed to make it happen. So I went to the office of security and I guess you could say the rest is history. And that basically set me up on a 30 year journey in which I love it. And I don't regret it one bit. And what I love about cybersecurity is every day is a new challenge. Every day you're trying to fix really hard and difficult problems and you're in a constant chess match. You have a real adversary, nothing against accounting, but accounting, you, you learn how to balance the books, you learn how to do the math. It's pretty standard, still some challenges, but, but pretty standard job. Cybersecurity, it's always different, always changing. And I'll tell you, if you walk away from three months and you don't stay up on the knowledge, the reading, the material, you lose that knowledge very, very quickly. So it's been a fun journey from there. I then did internal security during the dot-com era. I then 
I helped build some companies. So in addition to cybersecurity, I'm an entrepreneur. So I helped build the company, sold it to Lockheed Martin, stayed on there for six years, being the chief scientist for Bob Stevens, the president of Lockheed Martin. And I'll tell you, that was a job nobody wanted, and I loved it. Basically, whenever anything went wrong, when the Chinese broke into the Joint Strike Fighter, when systems got hacked, when systems went down, I got called and I basically had to be on a plane and respond at a moment's notice. And I loved it because there was always new issues, always new challenges. You were always in the thick of it. And to me, it was just a great adrenaline rush. that just totally loved. Then I went to McAfee, helped them build out that company. Once again, sold that to Intel. And then I've been running my own cybersecurity company, Secure Anchor, ever since. I love teaching. I love helping people. I love making cyberspace safe. Everybody makes a difference. And I just love helping people. And the fact that I get to do the two things I love, teach and cybersecurity, I tell you, man, I, I don't work. I, go, I wake up every day. I have fun. And I am a blessed man. Wow, Eric. I am so impressed at how it all started. And I can tell right away that because you were, in a way, a nonconformist and you you think outside of the box, I think that's a part of your claim to fame. At least that's how it appears to me so far. But it's such an exciting world you're in. As you're reading this, I'm thinking it's like an action movie with all the things that happen. Because you really, in this industry, because it changes with technology and it morphs, and we don't know what the internet's going to be like next year. There are changes, and you have to adapt to it. So I can totally see that. This is like really, really exciting. I I joke with people, but but my, my life is basically a fiction novel because the stuff you read about in the novels about the hacking and people breaking in and stealing information that a lot of folks don't realize is really happening. I basically live on a daily basis. So yes, I'm basically a really good Tom Clancy film. <laughs> I love it. You know, by now our audience is sitting on the edge of their chair saying, give me some stuff. So how about we jump into a couple things. Your newest book, Online Danger, How to Protect Yourself and Your Loved Ones from the Evil Side of the Internet. Let's just take a couple things at random. Let's start with here, please. Some tips to stay cyber safe this year. Awesome. So, so the first thing we have to cover, and I'll, I'll warn some of the listeners that, that they might not like what I'm going to say, because some people like to live in a bubble where they think the world is safe, everyone is safe, and everyone is good. I will tell you right now, if you have a computer, if you have a cell phone, if you have a wireless access point, and you've had those for more than three months, you have been hacked. You might not have realized it. You might not have detected it. You might not have even known it happened. But unfortunately, the world we live in, you are a target and we are all being compromised. And I know most people don't, oh, no, Eric, Eric, Eric. I'm just an ordinary person. I just get up in the morning and I go to work and I do my job and I come home. I'm not famous. I'm not high profile. Nobody knows about me. I don't have a lot of money in the bag. No one, Eric, seriously, nobody could want to target me. And if that's how you think, the Russians thank you, the Chinese thank you, and the North Koreans thank you, because they are all targeting you. That's who they want. They want the person that does not think they're a target, that lets their defenses down and doesn't protect themselves. And you might say, but Eric, why would they come after me? It's simple. If I'm the Russian and I want to steal 5 million credit cards or 5 million bank accounts, or 5 million identity. Yeah, I could target a large government agency, and it does happen, and I can spend nine months trying to break in to steal those 5 million records. Or 
I could target 5 million individuals who have no security staff, no security background that don't think they're a target. And who do you think is going to be easier to break into? And they're going to target and break in to those 5 million people, steal all their information. And then here's the part that most people don't realize. They usually sit on it and sell it multiple times before it's ever actually used. So usually after your information is stolen, it doesn't actually get used for three to four years later. So right now, your passwords could be stolen, your bank account could be stolen, your credit cards could be stolen, and you have no idea because the attacks haven't occurred yet. So first and most important to be safe in cyberspace, recognize that you are a target. You are a number to the adversary and you're just one of 5 million people they're going to go after. And as soon as you recognize that you can be a target, you'll change your mindset. Eric, let me ask you something on this, because some people would think, okay, my credit card, I'm only liable for like $50 or something. If it gets used, I can get my money back. It doesn't matter. My bank account, if my bank account gets tapped by someone, I claim fraud, I get my money back. There's regulations in place that protect us as well from fraud. So what is the real risk here? You know, just so you can help us understand better how serious this is. Okay, so first, yes, you're right. Credit cards are fairly safe, relatively speaking, but you still have to prove it. You still have to do all the work and you still have to do all the analysis. So I'll give you some real numbers. If we're talking light identity theft, and what I mean by light identity theft is they get one or two credit cards, they get your bank account, and they might get some or all of your social security number. Do you realize just recovering and cleaning up from that typically is 300 hours and $8,000? So yes, technically in the long run, after you spend 300 hours and after you spend $8,000, you're going to be back to a good normal state. But you still have to put it to work, you still have to prove it, and you still have to do all of that. So so yes, there are laws out there, but they don't necessarily save you the time and energy. This is the Tony D'Urso Show. Just ahead, the chat continues with Dr. Eric Cole and Sulaime Golani. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. Years ago, I wanted to capitalize on the holidays, so I took some angel pictures and put them on t-shirts. They came out nice. Then I went to swap meets and street events. The t-shirts always sold out right away, and it was a lot of work to get more made, and there was a wait time of a few days, and it was a big hassle. Then I would take the next batch out, and they would sell out right away. I wish I had Printful back then. They make it so easy to have a home business. Imagine your artwork or your logo on backpacks, t-shirts, embroidered shirts, tank tops, leggings, hoodies. Get set up with Printful.com at no charge. That's right. It's free to start your own online business with Printful. They make it easy to launch an online clothing brand by printing and shipping products for you on demand. Connect Printful to an e-commerce platform, upload your designs on more than 150 products, and start selling. No subscription fees, no money to buy bulk inventory. Just start selling and sign up now at Printful.com. 
P-R-I-N-T-F-U-L.com. You'll love it. Do you believe that being fit is difficult? Do you think it requires turning in your favorite comfort foods for boring chicken and broccoli and spending hours in a gym? It doesn't. Tune into Have It All with Devin Alexander. Devin and her guest experts will show you how you can have it all at any age, from relationships to money to thinking bigger than you've ever imagined. Devin will fast-track your goals to yummy reality. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You're listening to the Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers. We'd love to hear from you via email. Be sure to send questions and comments to Tony at TonyD'Urso.com. Now, back to Tony and his guests. All right, we're back on the Tony D'Urso Show. Today's show is with Dr. Eric Cole and Sulaime Gowani. As founder and CEO of Secure Anchor Consulting, Dr. Cole focuses on helping customers prevent security breaches, detect network intrusions, and respond to advanced threats. In addition, he's a 2014 inductee to the InfoSecurity Hall of Fame and provides security services for Bill Gates and family. All right. And now back to the chat with Eric. And just from what you said, yes, credit cards, very safe. What most people don't realize is a lot of the liability laws don't count for debit cards, especially if you gave up your account information. So if you were fished and you openly gave them a transfer, so you were tricked or manipulated and you transferred $5,000 out of your bank account and you actually did it, you're actually liable. The only time the bank is liable for fraud is if they stole the money from you. But if you authorized the money transfer, technically that was an authorized transfer. You, you were tricked and manipulated, but that's not the bank's fault, that's your fault. So a lot of people don't realize that a lot of the ways the adversaries work, you are not necessarily always protected and covered, and you could absolutely be out of money. Got it. That is a little scary, especially with the amount of time. Now I get it. So it's quite a nightmare, even though we're protected, all that work. Who can handle that kind of time and involvement just to get their life back in order? Why is that advantageous? to the attacking company. They know you can put your life back together. They know you don't have much money or they can tell when they look in your account. Why is it done? Is it done because of hate? They want to get back at us. They want to destroy this culture. What's some of the underlying reasons for this, please? Well, the the number one reason is money. And most of these attacks that come from Russia are all financially driven. And, And once again, you might say, Eric, why would they steal $10 from me? $10 isn't a lot. Do the math. If I steal $10 from 5 million people, that's some serious coin. 
That, that's some serious money, and that's what it's all about to them. They know that if they go in to steal $5 million from a bank, it's not only very, very hard, but the laws that you're breaking are huge. But if you steal $10, that, that, that's a pretty low-level crime at that point. So what they want to do is steal a small amount from a large number of people. And then here's the kicker. Most people don't even notice. Most people, they look at their credit card statement at the end of the month, and they might scan through it, but they're looking for big, overt issues. They're looking for somebody who spent two or $3,000 or something big that they're going to catch. Most people would not catch a 2 or $3 deviation. If you went to dinner and you know that your dinner was about $60 and somebody added $3 to that charge, do you actually keep the receipt and verify and validate the exact amount? Most people don't. So uh-huh. most of these crimes are so low end that they don't even catch it. Now, here's the cool part. The good news, I know a lot of people like, damn, I'm just going to give up my life and become Amish at this point. But, <laughs> but the good news is that there is built-in security. Do you realize every credit card company out there, and this is what I do, has auto alerting. So every time you make a charge with your credit card, you get a text. So now I'm in a restaurant. I just took my daughters out to Olive Garden the other day. I love all you can eat. Uh, breadsticks and salad. You can't beat that. Uh, and as soon as I pay with my credit card, it was like 73 bucks. Literally, I get a text on my phone, 73 bucks. I verify the amount. I say approve and boom. Now I'm doing real time verification. So not only does it reduce the exposure, but I don't have to do any work at the end of the month. So there's a lot of these tools that are built in that people don't even realize and they're not taking advantage of. Oh, I like that. Okay. So to our audience here, check that out and get those automated texts. And I like that. So if you know your bill is $70 and you get that automated text, let's say $70 with tip, and you get an automated text saying, we're going to take $78 or $80, then you know that something's up. Exactly. Bingo. You know, you know real time right away, and you don't have to worry about keeping receipts or checking your records later. I like that. Now... There's so many stories I hear of people being hacked and there's so many things to do. And as you jokingly said, you know, should we just be Amish? We live, we, we're somehow corralled into using the computer. It's convenient. We like the phone. They're convenient. And I'm sure there's no such thing as 100%. But Eric, can we really be even 99% secure? So, so what I always jokingly say, because it's funny, it hit me last year. I was giving a talk. And I said, and this, this happened live in front of an audience, I said, 100% security does not exist. And, and then I actually caught myself and I started thinking out loud in front of the audience, which is always dangerous because uh, my brain's a scary place. And, and I said to the audience, I said, wait a second, is that really true? Is it really true that 100% security doesn't exist? And I held up my cell phone and said, can I make this 100% secure? And most of the audience said, no, no, no. And, and there was a guy in the front said, smash it to pieces and bury it in a ditch. And I looked at the <laughs> audience and said, hey, w- will that make it 100% secure? And everyone said, yes. I said, okay. So 100% security does exist, but there's zero functionality. There's zero usefulness. And this is when it clicked on me. Every time you add functionality, whether it's in your life, whether it's with computers, whether it's in cyberspace, you are sacrificing that functionality for security. So you're reducing 
that security a little bit. And a great example is when you decide to drive a car and I decide to go 80 miles an hour, I know that going 80 miles an hour, I'm increasing the functionality of getting to my destination quicker. But I also know that if I get into an accident, there's a higher probability of dying. So I'm making a sacrifice of security to get that benefit of functionality. In the real world, we tend to subconsciously think that way. In cyberspace, we don't. So we always need to ask ourselves, if we're going to install a new app on our phone, if we're going to put an Alexa in our house, ask ourselves, is the functionality worth the exposure? Is the functionality worth the risk of having a device in our house that listens and records everything we're doing? Now, if your answer is yes, then that's awesome. That, that, that's all I ask for. Me as a cybersecurity professional, I'm never going to tell you not to do something. But when I get so upset is when people make these naive decisions where, oh, yeah, we're going to put an Alexa in our house, but they don't recognize the exposure and danger it poses to their family. That is a very good explanation. So we can be very secure, but every time you use your emails, your web browser, your phone, use an app, download an app, you're opening somehow up to exposure. And you just have to, you know, I've seen some of your your great videos and your news commentaries. Just shut off the app when you use it, like your Apple Pay. You might use it. You're going to open yourself up to risk. But as soon as you're done with your purchase, shut it off. So that in itself... That little discipline, that self-discipline can help us be more secure as well. Exactly. And the simple example I always like using is, do you work 24 hours? Are you up 24 hours a day? No, you sleep. Now, depending on your habits, you might sleep for four hours, eight hours, or 10 hours. I, I know we were joking before the show, I get up at 4.30 in the morning. So, <laughs> so I, I tend to go to bed a little earlier there uh, to do my exercise. But the point is, we sleep, we turn off. So I have a question. Why don't you turn off your phone when you go to sleep? Why don't you put your phone to sleep? Why don't you put it in an airplane mode? When you're turning off the lights in your house, why don't you turn off wireless? We tend to think that our technology needs to be on 24-7, even though we're not using it. And that's usually when the attackers strike. My favorite example is I travel a lot in hotels. And this hit me a couple of years ago. I'm in a hotel and literally... 300 feet in any direction, there's probably seven or eight different rooms that could access it. And I'm like, I'm going to sleep for seven hours, yet I'm leaving my phone turned on with wireless, with Bluetooth, with all these apps, with all this stuff happening. And I said, this is crazy. Why don't I reduce my exposure by just putting it in airplane mode, putting it to sleep when I go to sleep, and now you've just taken away the target vector from the adversary. I like that. That's so true. This is the Tony D'Urso Show. Just ahead, the chat continues with Dr. Eric Cole and Sulaime Golani. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us. The Voice America Influencers Channel. You heard that a majority of businesses fail. Don't be a statistic. Get my book free, The Vision Map. Beat the odds for your business success. Get it free at TonyDURSO.com slash vision. And set up your own successful vision map. Tony D-U-R-S-O 
Radio.com slash vision. There's a new force to be reckoned with in talk radio. It's not just talk radio. Hosted by LaTanya Jr. and co-host Tina Wynn and Tony Brown. Not Just Talk Radio is like a superhero. Inspiring, problem-solving, and informing. Packed with action-provoking conversations from news, movements, and social and politics issues. This program is about a wide range of voices and fresh points of view from experts, celebrities, and you, the listener. Not Just Talk Radio is broadcast live Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Become a member of VoiceAmerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit voiceamerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. Hear the stories. Be motivated. Be inspired. Join us today. Voice America Influencers. You're listening to the Tony D'Urso Show with Key Influencers. We'd love to hear from you via email. Be sure to send questions and comments to Tony at TonyD'Urso.com. Now, back to Tony and his guests. All right, we're back on the Tony D'Urso Show. Today's show is with Dr. Eric Cole and Sulaime Gowani. And now, back to the chat with our guests. Eric, what are some of the most dangerous applications that we can have in this high-tech world we live in today? The most dangerous applications are the ones that you're not using, are the ones that you install and you don't even realize it. Because with a lot of people, especially when we talk about our phones, and I hate the term smartphones, I tell you, when my kids pick up a phone, they don't become smarter. They become dumber, right? It's, it's a dumb <laughs> phone, not a smartphone. But, but we'll, we'll, we'll call them these smartphones. The point is what people don't realize is when you install an app, when it's first installed, if it's going to use your camera, use your microphone, access your pictures, it has to ask you. But we are so anxious to get this app that when we install the app and it asks questions, we don't even read it. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, we agree to anything. I mean, I've watched people when they put in a new app, they're just hit yes, 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 like crazy, not even paying attention. And here's what they don't realize. When you say yes that one time, that basically means for the remainder that app is on your phone, it can access your camera, your microphone, your location, your pictures without ever asking you again. And you have no idea that's happening. And we've seen this being used not only to target individuals, with, with kidnapping and child predators with children, but we've used this to be able to steal information, access data, blackmailing, if people have inappropriate pictures and things like that. So what you want to do is if you're not using your app, you want to go in and delete it off the phone, and you want to go into your device. For example, I use an Apple device, so I would go into settings, and under settings, I would go under privacy, and then under privacy, there's a location services, a camera, a microphone. You should click on each one of those, and it will tell you all the apps that are accessing your location, all the apps that are accessing your camera, all the apps that are accessing your microphone, and I will tell you, never, ever once when I have somebody do this, 
do they ever go, oh, yeah, that's, that's normal. They're always shocked. They're always like, why is this app? Why is that, that app? So the trick is, remember what I said, if you need the functionality, that's great, but get rid of the things that you're sacrificing security for and you're not using. Turn off the apps, get rid of the apps that don't need to access your camera, your location, and your pictures. Your new book, the information we've discussed, I'm sure a lot is in the new book as well as more. And you can find out about that and you can find out more about Dr. Cole at OnlineDanger.com. Check it out. Well, all right. Very exciting. Great. We talked about a lot of stuff. You are the cyber ninja. You've done so much working at amazing companies. I would love to have you back. And I just want to thank you so much. It is my pleasure. And Tony, I will tell you, if you want to have me back on your show, it would be an honor and a privilege. You just let me know when and where and I'll be there. Sounds great. Well, thank you again. It's great. Dr. Eric Cole, Cyber Ninja, thank you again. And now we have Sulaime Gowani join us. Sulaime is founder of TradeConductor.com, World Peace Through Trade, CEO of GetCapitalAid.com, and in 2016 was appointed to be among the Inspiring 50 European list of inspiring role models, as well as appointed to the United Nations Women Ambassador Advisor. Welcome to the show, Sulaime. Thank you so much for inviting me. My greatest pleasure. You've done so much. It's such an honor. And I have so many questions about how you've done so much in so little time. But the first thing I'd like to know is, how did it all start for you? What's your backstory? Well, you know, my, I, I like to start in 2007 because that was a crucial moment in my life. I was fired and I was pregnant and I, I had to make a living. Like really, it was my low point. I used to be employed in the biggest, most fantastic jobs in some of the most recognized well-liked big organizations. I've always been a salesperson and I always thought of myself as a hardworking, successful woman. And then suddenly one day I woke up and I was fired. I didn't have a job and I was about to become a mom for the first time. And I was the breadwinner of my family. That was really a low point, but I, I cannot afford to give up. I don't have the pleasure of lying down. I have to stand up and I have to stand straight. So I decided, you know, I thought about what is my number one skill? What is my true talent? And it is speaking. You know, you and I, we have something in common. We love talking and we love talking to people and telling stories and motivate other people. And that is my number one skill. And then I decided, you know what? Let me try to sell myself as a uh, keynote speaker, as a, as a presenter. And then I just activated my network and told them, you know, now you can hire me. My price is this and this per hour, and I'll come and motivate your salespeople. And Tony, frankly, that was the beginning of my keynote speaking career. And I'm speaking in 35 countries now. And at, the, at this point, I couldn't speak any English. It was, this was in 2007. I could only speak Danish or German. So in a few years ago, I had to sit down with a teacher and simply learn to speak English. And now I moved to U.S., almost three years ago. So that was actually how my real own life design started. That was by being fired. I'm so impressed. It's similar in a way to how I went from being a, a marketing person to a podcaster, not fired, but I had a major business shift that required me to reinvent myself. It's very interesting. I've interviewed so many people. And when this 
life-changing. It's not really a catastrophe, but then it is. When it happens, it's amazing how it really lets what skill and talent a person has just, just come right on up and just shine. And it's just amazing how people like you just, you just go with the flow and look at the success. You would have never done that had you still had that cushy job. No, I would not. Uh, but frankly, when I look back at, at the situation, I there's actually months that I don't remember because I was so in shock and I just had to find my way out. It was a very painful period of time, but it was a very important part of my life because I learned not to waste a good crisis. You know, when a crisis hit you, it's just, you know, just embrace it and just get the best out of it. And I was luck- like, I didn't have a lot of savings. I don't have rich family. I didn't like, I don't, I didn't have anything that could help me. I had to make money the month after Tony. I didn't have a business plan. I didn't have a homepage. I had nothing. I, I mean, the only thing I really had was a few references from my former, former bosses and, you know, but I, like most people, right? I mean, you have a resume and maybe some people saying nice things about you, but I didn't have anything no social media hashtag. This was 2007. Facebook was just, you know, something I started, you know, I had nothing. Networking was at that point really something you had to go out and do, you know, put on your nice dress and go out and meet people. There was not that whole online. I mean, there was, right? But yeah, it was it was hard work. Uh, but thanks to technology today and thanks to social media and, and that intelligence, I can sit in Palo Alto. I live in, I live in California and now I can sit here and maintain my global business. I run four companies from California. And when I look back at my life, 2007 till now, you know, now I have two kids uh, and I have a rich life, meaning I fly and I ride and I talk and I and I run my businesses. And I, it can almost everything can be done remotely. So part of the story is also after traveling the world for 10 years, I realized this is exhausting. Sometimes I had... In small countries, I can easily have three or four talks in one day. I don't know how many countries that is possible within, but you can do that in small countries. And I had a driver driving me from one place to another place. And I was sitting at the back seat, eating my protein bars and not really knowing what company I was going to visit next. So I was actually killed by my own success, if you can say so. I mean, I experienced three, four years ago that I was so successful with what I was doing And I hadn't taken any breaks for all those years that I was close to a burnout. And I decided this is, you know, that is also a crucial moment when you say, where are you now? Because I decided to move to US and I decided to move to Texas. I've never been to Texas before. We just jumped on the flight. We just took the kids and my husband and we just flew to Texas and we moved in. And I've never been to Texas before. I didn't know anyone in Texas. I moved to Texas to remove myself from my own success. I don't know if this makes sense, but I could not say no while I was still in Europe because it's very hard to turn down 10Ks offers every day, right? I mean, I mean, I cannot do that. I grew up, my, my parents went bankrupt twice. So for me to say no to money or no to work is actually the most difficult thing. I'm willing to sell everything like my own birthday or whatever, just for working. <laughs> So I don't have that. I don't have that. I, I don't know how to say no. And so by moving to a, a country and even to a state as Texas, I knew I had removed myself self so far away from my market that if I say yes, well, then I need to go on a 16-hour flight, right? 
And so that would be something that would force me to think about what I'm doing. Almost three years ago, now I'm running four big, big online communities where I serve my members and I teach them all the things that I used to be teaching from the stage. Though now I sit in front of my computer in my own home and make maybe even more money than I did from speaking. So Tony, I have to say I reinvented myself again, just very recent. And now I I just went to Stanford University to give a talk on communities. And I realized that suddenly I'm actually in a situation where I'm teaching people again, how to think uh, more remote, how to build communities, how to impact and scale without burning yourself out. You know, my foot is now in the new business world, namely the community, the community, the world of communities. And this was something I, I had to force myself to start doing. And the move to Texas was a part of that plan. You know, when you say, where did it start? Well, it started when I was fired. And now I'm, I'm in a new chapter of my life because I was so successful and I couldn't say no. So I had to redesign my life. This is the Tony D'Urso Show. Just ahead, the chat continues with Sulaime Gowani. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. We don't follow. We lead. Join us. The Voice America Influencers Channel. You heard that a majority of businesses fail. Don't be a statistic. Get my book free, The Vision Map. Beat the odds for your business success. Get it free at TonyDurso.com slash vision. And set up your own successful vision map. TonyDurso.com slash vision. It's time to unlock some of the best kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We guarantee Guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You're listening to The Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers. We'd love to hear from you via email. Be sure to send questions and comments to Tony at TonyD'Urso.com. Now, back to Tony and his guests. All right, we're back on The Tony D'Urso Show. This segment of today's show is with Sulaime Golani. Sulaime worked as an advisor and speaker for clients such as Samsung, DuPont, Lego, McKinsey, Dell, Microsoft, Stanford University, BMW, Cisco, and many more. In 2012, Sulaime was selected as one of the 192 management leaders in 2012 to 2017 by the World Economic Forum. And now back to the chat with Sulaime. Before our, you know, we had to sit down and do this uh, talk, I went for a long walk 
And, you know, it was morning, it was like 9am. And when I do these walks in the morning, I still feel a little bit guilty. I should really be working or I should really be, you know, I should really be productive. So for me, this is also a learning how it is to be working on in a new way, on the new conditions in the new economy, because I don't need to work a lot, right? I just need to be really good when I am working. So I'm reinventing the whole, the, the way I'm working and I'm more successful than ever and I work less than ever. So it's a very new way for me to think. Salame, few are the people that mm-hmm. have accomplished so much as you in such a short time. And mm. I mean, very few. I've interviewed hundreds of extremely successful people. Mm. The list of what you've accomplished is so long, I can't <laughs> even put it in the bio, in the show notes. There's just <laughs> so much you've accomplished. I'm astounded. And yet you've reinvented yourself. You're gutsy. You're like the Miss Indiana Jones of online mar- remarket myself. I'm so impressed at what you've done and you're so successful at it. To give the audience an idea or an example of some of the items, you won the Rising Star Award, the Mm. Talent 2004 Award. You're listed as one of the top 100 talents in Europe. You're (laughs) one of the 192 out of seven plus billion people. You're one of 192 (laughs) management leaders in 2012, 2017 (laughs) World Economic Forum I can tell I'm making you blush. I'm going to stop. The list just goes on and on. It's like 10 miles long. <laughs> and and you've it's quite stellar what you've done. And here you are. I don't know very many people that would just turn down 10K jobs every day and just move somewhere where they could just have some peace and quiet and reinvent themselves. You're beyond gutsy. I, I don't have a word for you yet. We're going to have to you. figure this out. So- So it's not just really being at the right place at the right time. You make things happen. You don't care where you are or what your circumstances. You just make things happen. There's something way inside of Sulaime here. Is it your purpose? Is it motivation? What is it that drives you, please? So first of all, what drives me? Well, I have to say I'm traumatized by being fired. And I actually have to say that I have been loyal to you know, to my managers all my life. And I, I pictured myself as this business career woman or whatever. What do you, what do you have not? So after being fired, I made a decision never, never to be in a situation again where anyone could fire me. And I decided if I find the keys to the perfect way of working, meaning never have to bend my values if it means that I can design my life so that I only work with people, with clients that I care about, that I that gives me energy, that is positive, then I'm going to motivate people to do that the same. So what drives me? I'm a big giver, meaning everything I experience, I always think about how can I explain this to others so they can do the same. So you can say I have two of my own books out, but I've co-written 16 books or something. My next book is out. The publisher has to have it after New Year. So it will be March or April next year. My next book is out. It's always on life design, how to design your career, how to build yourself a brand, how to stay, how to, for instance, my next book is about the future of work, how to read the future and how to design your life so that you will never be unemployed again in the future. I'm really driven by giving back. I wish 
when I was 20, 25, 30, I wish someone had given me a recipe or a model or a framework that made me understand that the future is going to be all right. And these are the things you have to do for you in matter to be okay. But no one gave me that recipe, right? I had, I had to take all the steps myself and it has really been extremely painful. And I had this conversation with my husband uh, yesterday with whom I've been together with for 23 years. So he's really my soulmate. And we talked about that. I still think that I have a lot of adversity, you know, oh, then something happens, then something happens and then something happens. And he said, you know what, from the outside, it looks like you have no adversity, right? You make things look so easy and you always survive and you always get the best out of it. And it was kind of surprising because I think that I have much more adversity than I actually, des- than I actually deserve. So I think I'm just really hardworking and I never complain. I just really work. And then I think a lot, you know, I, I spend a lot of time on my own. I'm actually a little bit introverted. It might not make sense because my work is so extroverted, but I'm a super introvert in terms of if I don't get three or four hours daily where I can think, then my work is heavily impacted. So I'm driven. I'm driven by giving back to people. So after this conversation, even I'm probably going to be so inspired that I'm going to write a column or an article. I block and write for I don't know how many magazines, right? Uh, I, I knew that I know that Forbes just asked me last week if I want to write for them on a regular basis. So I, I write for so many magazines and that is my biggest pleasure to giving to give people back. Really. Yeah, that, that is the short answer. Well, I love it. Thank you for the short answer. <laughs> and a, a couple of comments is congratulations on being with your husband for 23 years. Yeah. It, it's yeah. an anomaly. So I, I, when I run into that, I, I like to acknowledge that this December, I will be with my wife for 26 years. So you're almost That's caught up. <laughs> yeah, no, I think, you know, I think love, I don't know about you, but so when people ask me, what are you, what are, what, what makes you proud, you know, and then, well, you know, people will say, you know, I don't know. I actually always say I'm proud that I didn't, you know, mess up my marriage because frankly, I travel, I used to travel. I mean, I haven't been traveling for a month. That is the first time in 15 years I'm not traveling a month only. Right. And I already feel I've been home forever. It's only been a month where I haven't, I haven't been flying, but can you imagine having a wife who travels in 30, 35 countries in a year, sleeps at all those hotels, all those dinners, gala parties, you go to royal dinners, you meet with presidents, you do all those things and you see it on social media, right? And I'm an expert in making my life look rather easy and, you know, nice on social media. I think most of us do that. Yet the real story is not the same. But he also see all those things from social media. And, you know, I think not messing up my marriage and, you know, it's actually our wedding anniversary today. So congratulations. Um, thank you. <laughs> uh, and, and that gave us, a, gave us another opportunity again to, to celebrate life and love. And I have to say, I'm so proud that we are still married. And if people ask me, what is the number one dream of your life? And I say, you know, it's, I don't know. For me, it's very clear. I just want to become a very, very old with him. And I want to have grandchildren because if I am with him, and if I become a grandmom, I think I've succeeded. You know, my two <laughs> biggest fears, namely the fear of dying early and being left or leave my husband. So these are actually my two main wishes in life. And also, I am not. I cannot be successful at work if 
if I don't have anyone in my life who loves me just the way I am. Because as your job, I believe, as most people's jobs, it's very hard to be out there, you know, and put your skin in the game. And so I need someone who supports me 100%. And since we've known each other since, you know, I was 20, he was only 18. We have been through so many things that, you know, it's, it's a life chapter, you know? So, and I, I have never known a person for this long. I never lived this close with anyone but him for all those years. He is my life, really. So, and also, Tony, I have to say that he used, I used to be the breadwinner. Remember, I said I was fired. I was the breadwinner. When we moved to US, he got the chance to start developing his next career himself. He used to be a police officer and a teacher, and he started coding. And now he's one of the most... I don't know, maybe one of the most, at least here in Palo Alto, he is recognized as one of the most acknowledged designers of communities. And it's a coding skill, you know, it's, it's technology. And he gets a lot of offers for personal brands and companies to work if you want to work for them. And he works for me, right? And it's such a pleasure to see someone you love this much, who's been taking care of the kids for so many years, suddenly also gets a second or third chance and now he's actually as, if not more successful than I am. And all this happened in just two years. So he learned himself a new skill that he knew that people would need in the very near future. And he taught himself in the nights while he was helping me and the family throughout the day and supporting me in my, in my new career over here in the US. And he did it himself. So I'm witnessing, again, my own partner reinventing himself. So I'm very motivated by letting people know hey, you can have five or 10 careers. If you have the method, if you know what to do, you can reinvent yourself over and over again. But it's really a matter of your mindset. And you can actually be killed in success. So make sure that you always stay loyal to your values. And if you don't feel excited anymore, if you don't feel like that you do your best every day, then it's really time to think about your move, despite how much money you make, really. I'm so taken by your story. So mm. impressive. Mm. So much you've done and you're just living life to the fullest. It's just, yeah. it's infectious. I love it. Mm. And one thing I noticed, one of your main quotes, your main bylines on your website is you say that you spent your life constantly communicating your vision. And by the way, I find that extremely effective as well. And it's in a new book that I've written and I, and I give out called The Vision Map. I may, I may change I the title. It. Thank you. The Vision Map is quite amazing, and it's what got me to the success I have in podcasting and TV, but that's a different story. What I'd like to know from you is, we've already talked about how you've reinventing, and it doesn't matter. You, just, you can take any situation, you can take yeah. any environment and become mm-hmm. successful at it because you're focused on your vision. You're constantly communicating it. Why do you find that so successful? Why do you find that works? You know, by the way, I cannot wait to read your book. It is very much needed. I'm astonished when I talk to people, like people my age, our age, our generation, people who have worked for many, many years. And when I ask them, so what is your vision? What is it that you want to do with your life? They don't know the answer, right? And I'm horrified by the fact that you can live and work an entire life without knowing why you're doing what you're doing. And it's not something about, it's not a rich people privilege. It's a basic privilege to understand why, because when you understand why you're doing it, 
then you become much more authentic and it's much easier for you to get people to help you. For me, a vision is something that is much bigger than myself. So it's about serving. It's serving a community or serving a certain, you know, some people or even your church or whatever. It's about helping and being something bigger than life and bigger than you. For me, communicating my vision, you know, the number one thing that happens when you do that, it becomes incredible easy for people to help you. Because when you explain over and over again why and what you're doing and what you're trying to build or trying to do, if you can explain the people, whoever listens to your vision, if you explain to them why you're doing what you're doing, people get dragged. They want to help. They want to come along. They want to support your vision. And you know what? No one can create success on their own. You need people to follow, to help, to open doors, to recommend. So the number one rule, if you want to be successful, whatever success means for you, you will need people. And if you need people, then they need to understand why and what you're trying to accomplish. So from the very beginning, I was explaining my vision and people, they were so inspired. And so I think that that's the main thing. If people understand why you're doing it, then they feel more likely to help you. And then you will accomplish what you are doing But also remember, even despite how successful you become in life, it might be status, it might be money, it might be whatever. You always need, and I really always be nice to people. It's very easy to forget (laughs) if you're very successful. You don't have the time to answer this email or you're more likely to let your assistant. I have a great PA and she answers a lot of my emails. And I still, but I still have to remind myself, be nice to people because I am nothing without people supporting my vision. I'm nothing. I went to the Kennedy School. I was very lucky uh, four years ago to do a 10, 14 days executive education module at the Kennedy School in Boston. And I had a teacher, a professor, Bill George. He actually wrote a, a book called True North. I believe it's called True North and an American bestseller. And I read it and he talks about always, you know, finding your true north and finding your home and finding your why. And we all know this, right? But he forced me in two weeks to keep working on why I am doing what I'm doing. And he forced me to look back at my life. And I have a very traumatized story. You know, I was kicked out of school. I lived in the streets. I grew up with foster parents, children's homes, institutions. You know, I, it's just very troubled. And he forced me to look back And to look at all my traumas and find strength in all those things that that have happened. And that gave me that energy and clear, clear focus on why I am here. And I'm here to give a voice to all those people out there that daily, what people get daily gets told, you don't have enough, you don't have the right high grades, you don't have the right education your race or your color or your gender or whatever, whatever people get told every day. I'm here to give them a voice and give them a platform, giving them a method and kind of saying, if I can do this, you can do this too. Because remember, I was kicked out of school. My grades at school are not very good. I mean, I'm I'm not like a very intelligent person or anything. I'm just really hardworking, determined and focused. And I have a lot of self-discipline and all that. But that can be taught, you know, that that is something people can learn. So that's what I'm motivated about doing. And, and, you know, a lot of many, many more people 
are facing issues every day because they feel wrong. They don't feel they can work the way their managers want them to work. They don't like their jobs. There's so much potential out there. I want to free people. Basically, I want to free people. Let them understand that fear and anger and and all that is something that can be turned into amazing drive, amazing potential. Sulaime, I am spellbound. And I'll tell you, everything you said, it's as if you are a commercial for my book, The Vision Map. And I don't mean it in a bad way. I I mean, what you've said that's come from your heart and the importance and how vital it is, is so exactly right on the money of why that book is so important. I'm like, you're you're endorsing it because you understand. And this is why you're successful, because you live, you breathe, you eat, you sleep these principles, which, yes, I want to teach the people in my book, The Vision Map. Because that's how you're going to take any item, any challenge, any environment, any situation, just like I did, just like you did, and turn it around into whatever success you want. It's yeah. not magic. It didn't happen overnight. There's no, no whatever. you. No. But it's with the hard work and focusing on that vision that gets you through and accomplish it. And before I forget, your website is, and I'm going to spell it, S-O-U-L, like soul, A-I. M-A-S-O-U-L-A-I-M-A.com, Sulaime.com, right? Thank you, Tony. Yes, that's my homepage. And if someone wants to get a hold of you, contact you, you can be reached that way? Yes, absolutely. I read my emails. I I pay a lot of attention to my email because that's the way I get inspired by all those people's stories and the things they read and see. And I learn from that too. So yes, feel free to contact me. I would take that as a big honor. Yeah. Great. We have a number of entrepreneurs and business owners in the audience. Please seek out Sulaime and check out her site. She's got a lot of information and material to help you, to help you see your vision, help you see where you're going, help you see through the fog of the future of uncertainty. This is great stuff. I absolutely love it. I don't want to end the show. (laughs) All right. Thank you once again. It was great. Thank you. Thank you so much, Tony. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Thank you. And for my amazing audience, thanks so much for listening. Remember, success awaits those who persevere and remain steadfast despite the odds. Be righteous. Join me on the next episode of The Tony D'Urso Show. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of The Tony D'Urso Show with his key influencers. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel.